I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 63, with guest Amy Smith. All links and resources you hear on this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 63. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host. The girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hi, everyone. As always, I'm very excited for today's guest. She is a life coach and my very best friend, Amy Smith. And typically during this time, I read the bios of my guests. But for this episode, I'm just going to go ahead and wing it and tell you about Amy from my own words. I did not script this. Usually I just pulled up that person's bio and read it. So I am just going to speak from my heart. A lot of you already listen to her podcast over at thejoyjunkie.com. Her and her co-host is her amazing husband, Mr. Smith. And if you don't listen to her podcast and you love my podcast, you will absolutely love theirs. So run over there and subscribe at thejoyjunkie.com. Amy Smith is a life coach and helps people find their voice and stand up for themselves and actually use their voice. One of the things that she's really great at and has helped me in my own life is communication. Amy is, um, she's just a master communicator and she helps people stand up for themselves without being a total and complete asshole. And I love that. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've called her and been like, all right, I have to have this conversation. Help me. And she'll like, help me script it out. And that's what she does for her people on her podcast and through all of her free resources that she has and in her classes. And she's just quite honestly made me a better human being. I am honored to know her and absolutely honored to call her my best friend. So I know you're going to love today's podcast episode. We're talking about self-love, one of our favorite topics to talk about and teach together. So without further ado, here is Amy. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the Kick-Ass Life podcast. I almost forgot for a second. (laughs) I was like, wait, (laughs) where am I? What year is it? Oh my gosh, help me. Somebody help me. The struggle is real. Hey everybody, I'm joined here. You already know because I already read it to you and I'm joined here by my my very best friend in the whole wide world, Amy Smith. And I think that this is your third um, guest appearance here on the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. 
editor's note. <laughs> um, I think so. I think so. Well, so you're and- winning because I've had people on <laughs> twice, but I've never had anyone three times. And I would have you on every time. We have, we've talked for years about having our own show. Yes. Our own comedy yeah. show. Really nothing to do with personal development. We just <laughs> want to be ridiculous together. We, we want to take it on the road. Mr. Smith always says, uh, you guys are the only people who think you're funny. <laughs> And that's okay. <laughs> I love it. It's like, like two just, people. <laughs> don't get too fucking confident. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We are here today to talk to you all about self-love. And we were talking about, what, okay, what are we going to talk about? Because we could talk all day long about self-love and really what it comes down to. If we were going to back way up there, back, back, back it up. <laughs> back that thing up. <laughs> That I think there's a lot of myths and sort of pitfalls, and mm. people just I think are might be embarrassed to admit that they don't know what the hell self love is at all, right? Right, right, right. Okay, so we decided we were going to get together, and this is kind of a two part um, podcast. Not two parts on mine, but if you go to and if you're not listening to the Joy Junkie Show, you have to go run out and do that right now and listen to every episode there ever was to be made, and. We recently did one on self-love over on Amy's podcast as well. So you don't have to listen to that one to understand what's going on here. We're going to talk about different things than we talked about over there. So I'm going to go ahead and jump in. And Amy and I are going to kind of co-host. It's kind of less interview, more co-hosting. Yep. So the first self-love myth and pitfall that we're going to discuss is – Having no clue at all what self-love actually is and what it actually looks like. Amy, your words. <laughs> Throwing it over to me. I Well, the way I like to view it is um, – well, okay, let me say this. I think that the way it's interpreted a lot through social media and through all these lovely little memes that we see on Insta and, and Facebook is around acceptance. And I think that's how most people interpret it. Like, if I love myself, that means I accept myself. And I think there's a lot of kickback from that because people go, yeah, but I don't like my weight right now. Or I don't like how I behave inside of a relationship. Or I don't like um, where I'm at in my Mm -hmm. career. Right. And so they equate their set of circumstances with who they are as a human. So... I think there's a lot of kickback when they're like, that sounds great. That would be amazing if I was thin, if I had a good job, if I was happy with where I'm at. So there's this big uh, kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Like create, no, no, just like making it synonymous, like self-love equals I love my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And what I think, the way I like to view it is self-love being kind of a huge umbrella concept Um, and self-love really being uh, synonymous with a healthy relationship to self. And under that umbrella are all these different things like self-respect, like valuing your own time, um, self-compassion, being kind to yourself when you make a mistake or maybe when you're not where you want to be, self-forgiveness, where you actually let go of some of the mistakes that you've made in the past, 
um, ex- you know, all these expression, mm-hmm. right? Like kind of all of these different components that allow you to have a healthy relationship with yourself. And something that I think really warrants underlining here is it is absolutely okay to not be happy about certain circumstances or situations in your life. That doesn't mean you have to hate who you are. Because I, I think sometimes people think too, like, it well, if I love who I am, then I'm gonna be complacent. I'm then not even gonna just like, yeah, throwing your hands up and saying, Well, screw it, I'll just stay here. Right. Like I'm not then then I wouldn't even want to better myself. Then I went it would which is quite the fallacy because it's it, even more motivating when you love yourself. You're like, I deserve to have a job that I love. I deserve to have friendships that build me up. I just, and so you actually are more motivated to accomplish your goals. So I think that's one huge thing for people to know is that it's possible to exist. It's possible to have self-love, self love, and, self, and all of the kind of subcategories that we were just mentioning, and still not love your circumstances or your situation. It's not about the life, it's about the person. Like really, it's your relationship to you. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, I love that. It's not about the life; it's about the person. And I think, I think too, it's such a you know, it really is kind of a monumentous thing. We're not asking you to drop what you're doing and follow these five steps, and then you're going to get to this place of self love, and then you're done. It absolutely does not look like that. And I think that one of the things that people skip is like what you were saying is the whole self-acceptance piece and really just making peace with how you are. Because if you're constantly battling it, like it's not going to make it better. And what I always tell people is like no one beats themselves up into a better life. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. And like, and there's that whole saying like what you resist persists. And I kind of feel like that happens with people too. It's like the more you hate your circumstances, the more you're focusing on it and the more it's just going to kind of fester and persist in your life. So it's like, well, why not try this whole concept of self-love? And, but I think that some people like where, when they're at where they're at, self-love seems like Mount Everest. And it's yeah. like you're looking up at this mountain and you're thinking like, how the fuck do you expect me to get to that place given where I am now? And so I think what we're trying to underline here is that it's it's A, it's one step at a time. It's one day at a time. And P.S., I know I repeat this all the time, but I'll say it again. Self-love is something that Amy and myself work on every single day. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. And it's not something, you know, now that we have the, the differences is that we have the tools to be able to use them and we do know what it looks like in our life. Yeah. Rather than it's just something that you can buy and get it. And that would be great if that was the right. case, but it's certainly not. <laughs> it, it's called whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Well, and I think you named like some of the really important aspects of it under that umbrella and it's you know self-love does encompass uh, so many different things and you know self-care is another one of them and um Mm -hmm. but yeah i definitely think like if you're in the very beginning stages of your own personal development journey and you're listening to this then my advice is to try your best to get to a place of self-acceptance and like amy was saying not so much a place of complete complacency but just like okay this is my reality and I can still love myself because as we were saying in your podcast, actually, Amy, that it's real. it's a lot easier to practice self-love when things are going amazing. It's harder to do it when things are totally in the shitter. 
Right, right. Well, I think one of the one of the steps that I would advocate as well, and I, I'm completely on board with you around the acceptance. Um, one of the things that I love to share with people is a concept that I've termed progressive language. And I think that there's a lot of times when we see these different affirmations or speak kindly to yourself and all these things where we think that it has to equate something like, I love the person that I am, or I think I'm beautiful, or you are totally worthy. And if you're at the very, very beginning of this journey, especially if you're amidst a lot of circumstances that you really aren't happy with, and you kind of feel like your world's imploding, that kind of... Uh, mantra or statement feels like such a lie. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And and every piece of you is like vehemently opposed. And then your tendency is to spiral that and start going, this shit doesn't work. This is a bunch of, you know, it's because you're not, you don't have all of the, the tools to combat your negative self-talk and all of that. So one of the things that, that I love to suggest to people is to use this concept of I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. So something that's progressive. So even if you say something like, I'm exploring what self-love looks like, or I'm committed to being a student of self-love, or I'm redefining my relationship to myself, and you use those statements when you're in the middle of a shitstorm. And your tendency is to talk mad shit to yourself or uh, to beat yourself up about your weight or where you're at or your relationship or your job or whatever, where you can just kind of stop yourself and say, like, okay, I, I recognize that I don't love this, but I'm on the way to creating something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is it gives you... It, it gives you the mental capacity to keep studying, to keep learning, because nothing changes without curiosity, right? Like we know that about every possible belief structure. Everybody who believes something, like if we take if we take a situation that's extreme, like cults, right? People who are a part of a cult and they believe something wholeheartedly and vehemently, it isn't until they start opening up and questioning. And just picking away with curiosity and going, what if this isn't true? What if this isn't? What, 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 what? You know, and they just start questioning. That's when you can start dismantling, disempowering beliefs. And that is how everybody changes beliefs. So if you've been operating under a belief structure where you don't believe that you're worthy, worthy, or you believe that it, happiness is available only if you have, you know, the perfect boob job or the perfect whatever, fill in the blank. What if you just start to question it? Like, hmm, what if I could love myself? What if it isn't just for people who are mm-hmm. life, coach- life coaches? <clears throat> what if it isn't just for successful people? If you can just start being curious and start questioning things, everything that has been an absolute up until now is up, is up for question. Like, oh, what if I could believe in myself? Mm-hmm. There's definitely been times in my life where my paycheck ran out before I got paid again, and I wish I could have accessed my next paycheck a few days before I was due to get it. Well, what if I told you that can happen with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. 
Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Yeah, well, and speaking of of that, and I think another really uh, a myth that people have been conditioned, especially maybe people that have grown up in like more conservative um, <clears throat> families and organizations, is that thinking that self love is selfish and narcissistic. Right. This is a big one. Well, because if you look it up in the dictionary, that's actually what it says. It says that it's it equates it to narcissism. Which is Which really is shitty. <laughs> really, really shitty. Yeah. Um, well, this is one of those situations. Uh, I actually did, did a podcast episode on this called Selfish is the New Black. Because I think so much of this is social stigma and social conditioning. To, to make us believe that in order to be an upstanding citizen, to be a good friend, to be a a perfect spouse, to be a perfect whatever, fill in the blank, we have to operate from a place where we kind of discount self. So we're applauded if we run ourselves ragged to do for others. Meanwhile, we totally lose sight of ourselves. And I'm not saying that there's not a balance to be had. But what I would really argue strongly is that when you come from a place of self-love and you actually put a lot of emphasis on the person that you are and that you value the person that you are, you are a much better wife, sister, Mm -hmm. friend, philanthropist, employee, uh, business owner, because you, you are already operating from a place of fullness. Uh, So this is just one of those things that I think is just flat out bullshit lie like we <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't like just, to make other people wrong but that is wrong it is it, it I mean in my I mean in my opinion it really is because it's an either or mm-hmm. it's making it a situation where I either love you or I love me and it's wrong to pick me yeah and that's that's not right that, that's a, a perspective of lack and scarcity. What if we could come from abundance where I could fully love the person that I am and in doing so I could fully love and support others as well? I have never, ever once 
done something where I took a huge stand for who I was and said, like, I need I need my own time or I need to politely decline or um, I'm not available because I really do need to take care of some stuff for myself where I really did put myself first. And somebody was like, you're the biggest asshole ever. Mm -hmm. I, 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 what I do get is a shit ton of respect and a lot of people saying, I want to be like that as well because it's attractive and it's not the same thing as narcissism where it's me or you. Narcissism is one of us has to win. I have to be better. I care only about me. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a place of abundance where there's enough love for everybody. It's all respect. Mm -hmm. I think what it also doesn't look like, just to kind of tag onto that, is I think what's really big now is this is cynicism and the whole concept of like giving zero fucks and not caring. You know, it's like, oh, I don't care about that. Like I'm just, you know, so I'm just working on myself and, and, and it's like, no, (laughs) that's not self-love. And it just, yes, I think that narcissism for sure is, is thinking that you are better than other people. And, and they're definitely like, I, I don't, I'm not a doctor nor a psychiatrist or anything, but I, I think I'm pretty sure that narcissism can border on like a mental disability. And that certainly isn't what self-love is. And I think you, you explained it so beautifully too. And, and really it, it's true. It's people, people that truly love themselves are just, they're just, um, it is, it is kind of hard to explain, but it's, it's a kind of like a combination between self-esteem, self-confidence, taking a stand for who they are, not apologizing for who they are and honoring. I think the, the biggest part of it, what's coming up for me right now is honoring your values. And what I mean by that is like, let's just take the value of courage. And cause I believe that if you don't, if one of your values isn't courage, like you can't honor the rest of them in your life because to live a life of authentically following your values and living your life as to what's important about the way you live your life takes a lot of courage because we live in a culture that does not encourage that at all. And I think especially for women to do all those things that we mentioned, like stand up for yourself and have self-respect and self-expression, like we are not conditioned really to be that way. Right. And I think that when you do that, that's the really the part that's attractive to other people. It's like, okay, this person, because I just, I really don't find a narcissism attractive. I think that you're kind of an asshole when you think that, that I, and I actually kind of feel bad for those people because it's just like, oh, it just looks painful. It just feels yeah, painful. Yeah. And I think that like, I don't know. I just think that people that exude that whole, like, I'm better than you, they are really, truly suffering inside. And there's a lot of insecurity. And I know sure. no one listening to this podcast is like that because <laughs> I don't, I don't attract those types of people at all. But, um, I think the bottom line is that self-love, like if you take nothing away from the last few minutes, self-love is not selfish and it is not narcissistic by any means. Well, if, if you think about the actual concept of what we're even talking about, like we're talking about love, right? In any other relationship, when would loving somebody be a selfish act? So why on earth would loving yourself be selfish? Wouldn't that be generous and kind? And 
like, it's crazy to me that we would say, oh, your children, oh my gosh, yes, you need to envelop them with love. Your spouse, yes, you need to just give them so much love. Your, you know, your, your passion for life and your, or your career, you should love what you're doing and stuff. But yet we can't take that same emotional frequency and turn it inward. Why not? It's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. It's not like narcissism where it is innately negative, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, it's it's just a complete it's a misnomer, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. It, that we have somehow said one one or the other. That's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. It's got to be one or the other. And I'm not saying that there's not going to be times when Somebody might be upset with you for standing up for yourself. That does happen. But as you work through this sort of thing and start entertaining this idea of truly caring about the person that you are, you understand that those people who make you wrong for valuing yourself are actually not worth being in your life. Right. You know? And that that can be a hard pill to swallow when it's your fucking family mm-hmm. or your spouse or your child or your parent, you know? And that, I mean, that's really quite a bit of what I do in my work is, is dealing with how to stand up for yourself, you know, and how to really handle yourself with grace and kindness. But I think for right now, for everybody to just understand that if, if it is a positive thing to love others, then it sure as fuck is a positive thing to love yourself. (laughs) Put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> right? Like, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, and we kind of danced around it a little bit. But again, when we're, when our bucket is empty, we have the hardest time giving to others. When I'm really, really happy and I've taken care of myself and I've honored my own time and I've honored my own physical health or really just made myself important, I'm a better best friend. I'm a better wife. I'm a, you really are able to show up much mm-hmm. healthier in all of your other relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And if you all are listening and you're, this resonates with you and you're kind of like, I would, I would like to work on this a little bit more. Well, guess what? We have um, <laughs> coming up on the 16th, we're doing a free online workshop and it is titled the four must have self-love secrets that yeah. you're probably not doing and how to start. Like we're not going to just get you on the phone and talk about the problem for an hour. We're going to talk about four main self-love concepts. We're going to teach you tools for each of them and how you can implement these in your life right now. So if you go to the selfloverevolution.com, you can sign up easy peasy. Or if you're on your phone, you can text the word register to 66866 and get yourself all signed up for that. And there's going to be worksheets and we're giving away prizes. I know a lot of people can't come live to the call and I know y'all are going to want to know, yes, there's a replay, but I will tell you that the prizes are only available to people that show up to the call live or listen by Friday, which gives you like two days to listen to the replay. And I'm um, super excited about that. I love doing live stuff with with um, with Amy E. Smith. Because <laughs> if your name was Amy Smith, you'd use the fucking E too. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, really pumped about this. And I think that this is probably one of the best 
types of content that we could deliver. Because even as we're discussing today, it's one of those things that is so easy to, and again, I keep bringing this up because it's so prevalent in our culture, but just to, oh, I really like that idea that I see on that poster on Facebook. And, oh, yeah, I like this person over here because they talk a lot about self-love and it seems awesome. But then you don't do anything about Mm -hmm. it. And so that's why we really wanted to create a space online that was actually a workshop. So it's not just the listening. It's not like, oh, yeah, let me just drive around, you know, town doing my groceries and just entertain some concepts. We, for all four of these secrets, all of these must-haves, we're going to actually get you into action because that's what creates the change. You actually have to do something differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that really has been our journey. Right. Absolutely. Like the two of us, we don't just read about it. I always like to joke. It's like reading a book about Pilates. Do you think that helps tighten your core? <laughs> Fuck no. You actually have to do something. So we really wanted to structure that to set you up for success. So again, yeah, the self love revolution.com and get your, get your ass to class. Yeah. And I think too, that it's it, just one more thing about that. So we're going to give you these tools and and try to put you into action. And if nothing else, we want you to walk away with maybe a week later, you're in a scenario where one of these concepts comes up, like one of these situations comes up and you're like, oh, this is something that Amy and Andrea were talking about. And even if you don't do it, even if you skip over the tool, like your awareness around that, your knowledge that you didn't implement the tools is a step in the right direction. Yes. Because at least you know. Because I always tell all my listeners, 50% of the battle is awareness. And yes. the implementation is the other half. And I, we don't expect you to come like running out of the gate. Now, I'm not giving you an excuse and I'm not giving you an out, but this isn't easy. It's not like I'd rather do 100s, some Pilates. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like, that's kind of the next step is like being in the situation and going like, oh, shit, I'm in it right now. And yes. I remember what I, you know, I remember that tool and like, oh, my God, it's too uncomfortable. I'm just going to like do what I – but I'll tell you what – it sucks. Like once you like are on the other side and you're like, yeah, I probably would have really felt better had I done, had I implemented that tool. So just baby steps, y'all baby steps. Oh yeah, for sure. And I do the same thing still. Um, and I always call it declaring a do-over where you realize later that, oh, there's where I got really invested in making somebody else happy instead of taking care of myself or showing myself self-love. Oh, and sometimes you have to go through, in fact, you really should go through those instances where you have that awareness, like you were saying, and like, oh, there, see, there was an opportunity. And then you're able to do it the next time around. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's something that you and I do fairly well is try to share with people the baby step instead of, (laughs) I love how you always say, instead of giving them a drink what do you say? Drink trying, out to, of, trying to give someone a sip of water from a fire hose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is never fun. I was about to fuck up your material. <laughs> Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. So we have we have one more, and yeah. it, it basically is around the whole. And we touched on it a little bit, but we'll stick a little bit more into it. Is the whole loving everyone else except yourself? And so I want to say something really quick about this because. 
Um, as probably most of you know, I'm, I'm certified in the work of Dr. Brene Brown. And she, this was a few years ago. I think it was when her second book came out, The Gifts of Imperfection. And she, you know, she's doing, all of her work is based on like now 14 years of research around courage and vulnerability. And a lot of it is around, actually around self-love. She talks about it a lot. And one of the things that she started talking about a few years ago was that you can't fully love other people unless you love yourself. And she was she was talking about she's like people do not like it when i say that because like parents especially mothers are like up in arms just like what are you talking about like no of course i love my children more than i love myself and so you know i don't the thing is is like we can't measure that like love is one of those intangible things that we can't put our measuring stick on so who knows i i don't know will we ever know who knows but i do know that once you i know i know both sides like i've definitely been on that end of trying to love people when i didn't love myself and it's yeah I think that it's more than just a black or white issue. I, I think it's a lot more than just like, okay, I don't I don't love myself, therefore I cannot love other people. I don't think it's that simple. I think that, like we were saying, the whole concept of self-love is so involved. And a lot of it involves things like um, being emotionally literate. And what I mean by that is like, you know, as Amy like and I like to talk about, like actually feeling your feelings and leaning into them and letting them like go through you instead of doing other things like lashing out and blaming and avoiding – um, because like just that one example, like, let, let me just stop there. I'll tell you what, like, <laughs> um, I've been in a few intimate relationships and it's a whole different scenario when you are actually feeling feelings. And, and even in like the relationship I have with my children, like it is extremely difficult for me to, and they're still little. So I'm just kind of entering this whole, like, you know, them getting hurt emotionally by their friends and by me and things like that. So for me to help them navigate their own emotional duress is nearly impossible if I can't be with my own feelings. And trust me when I tell you, I've been on that other side of the fence where I could not be with my own feelings, let alone someone else's. So this is just like one layer of the onion of self-love and that whole concept of, um, you know, like loving yourself first. Therefore, you can love other people better. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. 
I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Absolutely. And this is just a paradigm shift, I think. Because what happens when you say, oh, no, 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 I need to love my kids more. I need to love my spouse more. I need It's, it's the most prevalent, I think, with children and then a lot of times in specific faiths where you're kind of instructed to love God first, right? So instead of instead of yourself, right? And I don't want to get all polarized about that. But what happens when you say my capacity to love others needs to be much greater than my capacity to love myself or I can wrap my head around that, but I can't wrap it around loving myself. What you create is absolute codependency and a contingency. Like, I can only be happy as long as my kids are happy, as long as my spouse is happy, as long as, you know, I'm serving the Lord or whatever. Like, you start making things extremely external and you, you rob yourself of a lot of personal power by doing that. And I think, obviously, I can't speak to this from personal experience around children, I would be really interested in hearing your perspective on this, Andrea. Um, But I would argue that children get their messaging a lot, not just from what their parents say or do, but from who they are being. And if you are a parent who shows your child that the way to happiness is to invest in everybody else and to not take care of yourself and to not have time allocated for yourself or put importance around yourself. That behavior sends a massively huge message to your children. So if you're a parent, though, who says, I love you immensely, and I also love who I am as well. And so that's why mommy is going to go out tonight to book club or to the gym and take care of myself because I want you to also know that it's important to take care of you and go to playtime with your friends or whatever lesson that you want to, you know, kind of impose on them. But I think we forget that, that we, we're not responsible to, um, I I guess the messaging that we really need to to share with others in general is you can love yourself too. And that is probably one of the most powerful messages that I think you could send as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean for one second that you're not going to like hurt when they hurt or you're, I think that we are biologically programmed for that to be a part of us. I think it's part of us uh, surviving as a culture, being able to caretake for our young, right? Like it's a primitive response. But as an evolved culture and teaching our children, like would you ever teach your children like, hey, you probably should care way more about what everybody else thinks and you should probably give and give and give to other people at the point of exhaustion because that's what I do for you. Uh, and I would like for you to invest all of your happiness in how other people perceive you and if they love you back. 
<laughs> That's basically the message that a lot of us had growing up. <laughs> right? Like, well, this wasn't articulated that way, but it sure was that. But it is through behavior. Mm-hmm. It's through behavior and through what you're willing. yeah. What you're willing to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if I saw a parent 100% in self-sacrifice who did not value themselves, that would send me a huge, huge message. So I think sometimes it's flipping that on its head and, and just calling bullshit on that old paradigm. Because give yourself some compassion because that's what we've been taught to do. Right. I, I just, I, and I love the saying too, it's like, you don't have to inherit dysfunction. And I think that most of us, most of us were raised that way and, um, right. we don't know any different. And so then we grow up and we parent the same way too. And I think that there is something to be said, like you were saying, the whole primitive thing of, of, um, there's a, there's a saying like you're, you're only as happy as your, um, saddest child. And I, I think that that is valid to an extent. And there are going to be circumstances that completely wipe you out when, if something happens sure. to one of your kids. But I think that where it gets tricky is when like it becomes your entire life and your entire um like your entire being is sort of wrapped up and like you were saying i mean that that gets into codependency and and things like that but i i love what you were saying and i agree with you about sending a message um of putting making yourself important as a human and what i really think it is it can be as simple as starting the conversation when they're really young yeah. And and that's what I always intended to do and um you know I I always preface this when I talk about it. I had a great childhood. I did. My parents loved me immensely. I had a great charming childhood. Um what was lacking in that family was emotional literacy. And yeah. I grew up and realized that and was not going to inherit that dysfunction. It's cuz all my it's all my parents ever knew. It's from, you know, it's an sure. older generation. And so I was like, I'm not going to pass this on to my children. And so for me, it simply is a conversation that I start really young. That's age appropriate. I mean, I'm not, they don't listen to my podcast. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) But it's just simple, simple things. And like you were saying, it's just, there's, there's a tricky balance and I don't always get it right. Uh, I, I, I mess up sometimes and, and get to circle back and apologize to my children on a pretty regular basis. And I'll tell you what though, you know, seeing the look on their face when, I apologize or my husband apologizes and they know that we're human and that we are asking for forgiveness and that we love them in that way is it takes my breath away. So it just, I think that we forget sometimes that they're little humans and that they are really actually very smart beyond their years. And yeah, they can learn at a very young age about, um, about self-love. I think it's absolutely teachable to little ones. Absolutely. And I think also in communicating uh, about what you need, you know, like even sharing with them, like, I really, mommy really loves herself and thinks that she's, she is really important and she loves you as well. And that's why she needs to go out or do whatever. Same thing about marriage and relationships. Like mommy and daddy love each other very much. And it's important that we take care of our relationship. So we're going to have you be with the babysitter. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go take some time and celebrate our love for each other because it's very important. Um, you know, so it's that's just exactly about- pretty much exactly the words that we but they, they love their babysitters. So it's not but sometimes they want to come with us like when they find out we're going out to dinner and do the movies. And that's basically what we tell them. Mm-hmm. But the same is true, like, for your relationship to yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think it, you know, it's just, it all comes down to communication. But I think 
if you're out there listening and you're like, well, what is there to do? I would say even just pull out a piece of paper and just ask yourself, what what have I made up about self-love? And just kind of go through some of the stuff that we've been talking about today. What are my thoughts on loving myself versus others? And just kind of journal it, get it out on paper. and Because you kind of have to dis- figure out what your current set of beliefs are in order to dismantle them and change it to something empowering. Again, that awareness piece. So getting curious and starting to question, like, what if it was just as valiant, just as noble to love myself as it is to love others? Mm-hmm. What if that was true? What would shift in my life? What would change? So just starting to get that out on paper and look at what what you really believe. You know? I like your powerful questions, Amy Smith. Oh, my God. You must be a life coach. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're a life coach when you yeah. ask people to get curious. <laughs> but it's true. But that's, no, I know. I mean, I, I love that. And I, I, I learned that. I picked that up primarily from Tony Robbins' work. And I loved that concept of beliefs will always be hard and fast and concrete until they're questioned, Mm -hmm. until they're questioned. So if you're listening and you're going, oh, that can't apply to me. Oh, there's no way I could ever love anybody other blah, blah, blah. Well, you are, you are sealing your fate in stone by creating that absolute. If you just start to question, that's when shift can happen. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate. Mic drop. All right. <laughs> well, well, you can't fight the gift. Uh, th- we're going to wrap up. And thank you so much for, for coming on. <laughs> of course. Put a on it. <laughs> and again, you guys, go to theselflovevolution.com and sign up or text the word register to 66866. And we will see you on the 16th. And we'll give you concrete tools and worksheets and prizes. It'll be so fun. <laughs> we're so excited for it. And um, anything else you want to say to be complete? I think the biggest thing that I would I would say is you and I teach this shit and we still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are enveloped in it and think about it, teach it, study it. So the, the biggest thing that I would throw out to everybody is to give yourself compassion for the baby steps, to just start picking away at it, to just start doing tiny, tiny little things to shift your beliefs or start questioning things. Or I would just say, give yourself the permission for this to be a journey, permission to not know everything, permission to just start small, start with baby steps, and know that just at the tiniest bit of awareness is is a win, is a huge Absolutely, win. Absolutely, for sure. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, everybody, thank you so much for sticking with us, and we will see you on the online workshop, selfloverevolution.com. And until then, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Bye.
Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.